Hi, and welcome to Traditional Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Lovick. In today's episode, we're going to be going over the difference between Carl Jung's work and the work that was pioneered by traditional indigenous healers regarding navigating the unconscious side of life or the spiritual and energetic aspect of reality. We're going to talk about how Carl Jung's discipline has roots in the conscious world. It was constructed and cultivated with this particular kind of framework, while traditional indigenous healers, on the other hand, have cultivated disciplines with roots in the unconscious world or the energetic and spiritual aspects of reality. If this is the first time that you're tuning into this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect to hear. In this podcast, we talk all things Amazonian and high Andean healing traditions of Peru. For over nine years, I've been volunteering for various healers. And for more than half of that time, I have spent it with Amazonian and high Andean Kiro healers of Peru. This podcast is really about me distilling all that experience and knowledge so that you could feel closer to these traditions. And of course, if you're looking for authentic traditional indigenous healing but don't know where to look, check out traditionalmedicinemiami.com. We work on a very special project with the Kiro community to connect their world-renowned healers with the people who need them. So if you're looking to alleviate anxiety, depression, or addiction urges, go ahead and check out some of our plans. Just reach out to us. We'll be happy to connect you. So let's get started with today's episode. Now, Carl Jung, Carl Gustav Jung, was a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalysis who founded analytical psychology. What was really interesting about Carl Jung was that uh, he really questioned what reality was really all about. And he had to do it because he experienced a lot of really peculiar things in his clinical research. He had witnessed people having dreams about future events that hadn't occurred yet. He had seen synchronicities, what he called synchronicities, occurring in everyday life. Now, in traditional indigenous disciplines, there isn't really a name for this phenomenon. But we do understand that the reason why they happen is because the physical is being informed by the energetic and spiritual aspects of reality. And sometimes you're going to see a manifestation of these energetics in a very clear and shocking way. But this is just something kind of regular. But he had observed these things and he started to give things a name and there was just so many different peculiar things that were happening that really had no good explanation, at least when we were looking at these events through the framework, which reigns supreme in all of the modern sciences and disciplines that we have in modern society. Now, what Carl was really observing was almost infinitesimally small aspects of reality. We're talking about subatomical particles and fields and energy and, and so on and so forth. Now, because Carl Jung was a student and a professional of the mental health disciplines, he decided I'm going to gather all of this information and I'm going to use it to help my patients because it is applicable. But what he was seeing is probably best understood through the lens of quantum mechanics because that is the study of the tiniest aspects of reality, which was what he was observing. Now, the reason we're really happy with the work that Carl Jung did uh, was because he was really honest about all of these really weird things that were happening, and he called them out. He didn't just brush them under the rug. Now, he did make his own theories as to why it was happening, but we're really grateful that he called these things out because from there we can actually have a conversation. And this is where we can begin to have a conversation between both disciplines, between the uh, mental health disciplines and the work and disciplines that traditional indigenous healers have pioneered. 
Now let's start to compare both disciplines so we can get a better idea of what these disciplines are all about and how we can actually work together. Now, the way that I'm going to begin this conversation is with a few facts about the ocean. I think it's going to get us moving into the right direction and it's going to help illustrate the differences between both disciplines. An interesting fact about the ocean is that it's sort of like jello. Particles within the ocean are moving in an elliptical pattern. When that elliptical pattern is disrupted by the shoreline, that is when you see that elliptical pattern surface. And that's when we see the waves. This elliptical pattern is always happening, but there are some areas in the ocean where the ocean floor is much deeper. And because the energy of this very big elliptical motion has not been disturbed, there are areas where we just don't see waves. Kind of interesting, right? Well, I like the ocean, so why don't we continue to use the ocean to help us understand the difference between Carl Jung's work and the work of traditional indigenous healers and their disciplines. So let's suppose that both disciplines are studying the ocean. Carl Jung would have studied the ocean simply by the waves that broke the surface of the water and also by anything that came out of the ocean. So that would include shells and different kinds of animals and seaweed. And based on what came out of the ocean, based on what he could see from the surface of the ocean, he would make some sort of educated guess as to how the ocean was operating. Now, if traditional indigenous healers wanted to study the ocean, they would have just waited there until they heard her voice. They would have made friends with her. They would have given her gifts. They would have had a good time and the ocean would have shown them. All of her secrets uh, would have helped them broaden their abilities to communicate with her and they would have just really kind of set up a system to communicate back and forth. Uh, They would have been able to see all of these things for themselves. Maybe the ocean would have figured out a way to even have the healers go into the water and introduce them to all of the other beings in the ocean. It would have been a beautiful experience that not only was giving them information that, wow, they couldn't even dream that they would be able to access, but also it was expanding their understanding of what family was. Now they're including the ocean. Now they're including all of the sacred beings that are in the ocean that they were introduced to. And now they're really having a lot of fun and they're learning a new language to be able to uh, have this friendship, have this relationship. It's a a, way of learning that is filled with love, filled with very positive feelings. This is actually exactly how traditional indigenous healing disciplines evolved. The indigenous healer is communicating with the spiritual energetic aspect of life, of this reality, and um, has made very good friends with nature, with Mother Earth, with the sacred mountains, with uh, the sacred waterfalls, with all of the beings that are here. And the traditional indigenous healer never saw any difference. They never saw uh, some sort of unequal form of power. Uh, They just knew that they had a bigger family and they knew that they had to learn how to communicate because they mattered to them. And so that is how that discipline really began. Now, Carl Jung was a little bit different. He was putting together intellectual systems, intellectual systems that are really based on this conscious world, what he calls conscious world. And with his theories, with his information, with his system, he taught people how to think about the unconscious world and to try to interpret it so that we could make the most of it. Now, for indigenous healers and their discipline, they created a system 
not from the conscious world, not from that paradigm's perspective, but from the perspective of the unconscious. They built a system with the tools, with the materials given to them from that side of the world. And it would make more sense that your system to understand the unconscious was built from the very materials and tools that the unconscious was made out of, right? Um, In our world, we call it the energetic and spiritual aspects of life. Not only do these disciplines have roots in very different aspects of reality, where, for example, Carl Jung's discipline has roots in the conscious world or the physical world where the intellect rules. Traditional indigenous healers and their disciplines have roots in the unconscious side of reality or the spiritual and energetic aspects of life. But also how they were created were very, very different because Carl Jung was using the tools of the conscious world, the intellect, uh, what he could do with his own mental capacities. That's what he was relying on to be able to kind of put that discipline together. But traditional indigenous healers did not really have to do that. They were relying on intuition. They were relying on spiritual talents, developing spiritual capacities, energetic capacities alongside of Mother Earth, sacred mountains, sacred plants. And together in collaboration, they were able to evolve this very advanced form of discipline that handles all things in the unconscious world. They were able to navigate these very complex concepts only because they were able to make this alliance. Now, Carl Jung did observe that there are two parts of who we are. We have inherited two aspects of who we are. We've inherited biological features and instinct, and we have also inherited inborn intuition. So we have uh, abilities to dream, We have abilities to see things that are not yet uh, here, like the future with dreams. We have a lot of really cool abilities that we've also inherited. And Carl Jung really thought, well, if we could really make the most of this unconscious gift that we have, these inborn intuitions, we could really get ahead because it seems like the unconscious has way more information than what we could reach with this conscious aspect of who we are. And Carl Jung was right about that. Now, let's go back a second here and talk about the two aspects of life. We have the conscious and unconscious side of who we are, or what traditional indigenous healers call the physical aspect of life and the energetic and spiritual aspects of life. When you are dealing with each of these sides of reality, they have their own paradigm. They have their own framework, okay? When you are dealing, for example, with a broken bone, you're not going to go and call an indigenous healer to apply unconscious paradigm frameworks on that particular situation because the problem is obviously lying in the physical world, in the conscious world, right? So we are going to apply the paradigm that is used by biomedicine. That would be the right solution for that problem. But as Carl Jung had experienced, there are problems that we experience with roots in the unconscious parts of reality, of the energetic and spiritual aspects of who we are. 
In cases like those, then we would want to apply the kind of framework that traditional indigenous healers have pioneered. And we want to use their disciplines to be able to resolve that problem because they are experts in dealing with these kinds of problems. In a reality that's much more complex than just a bunch of matter, both of these frameworks are essential. You need the one that hyper-focuses on the physical And then you also need another framework that hyper-focuses on the tiniest aspects of reality because they both have their place and usefulness. I think modern society has started to see that there's something missing. We can't seem to find all of the answers to the problems that we're facing with the limited paradigm, with the limited framework that hyper-focuses on the material. But Carl Jung already knew this, so he was already onto this and he wanted to figure out what kind of discipline we could formulate to begin to tackle some of these issues. All right, so let's continue on talking about the differences between Carl Jung's work and the work pioneered by traditional indigenous healers. When you are learning, for example, Carl Jung's methods, Carl Jung's discipline, which is here in the conscious world, you have to go to school. You have to learn about it with books. This is how you become a master at the discipline that he has created. Now, when you're trying to master traditional indigenous disciplines, it's very, very different. You're not going to learn from a book. You will learn from a teacher who has the experience, who has the energetics, who has the knowledge to help you build and blossom into the person you need to become so that you can also understand this other side of life. But a lot of the information is going to be telepathically passed on to you. You're going to connect with sacred beings who know every single thing about you. There's nothing you can hide. And this really comes in handy because if they can see everything, they can see what they need to work on, how they can help you correctly. And as Carl Jung noticed from the unconscious, the unconscious is really unfiltered honesty. Nothing really hides from that world. And the same rules apply when you are learning in these disciplines, because these disciplines have roots in the unconscious side of life, or what we call the energetic and spiritual aspect of life. It's a really efficient way of learning because everything's catered to you. Everything is exactly how you need to receive it. When you are tested in this world, there's no way that you can cheat. You can't have something, I don't know, written on your hand and uh, you can't ask your buddies or friends for answers. This, this place is really, really, really strict uh, because there's no lying. It's funny because in the Incan Empire, they didn't have a lot of rules. They didn't have a lot of laws, but one of them was don't lie. And I think it makes sense because why would you lie when people know the truth, right? Um, in this world... You don't lie because people will ultimately know what you're up to. Another way that people learn in this tradition and the traditional indigenous traditions uh, is through energetics. So, for example, say that you're a math teacher, okay, and you have one student that is really, really, really falling behind and is not really keeping up with the class. And you know that they have everything that they need to understand things, but there's something that's not quite clicking. Well, if you were a traditional indigenous healer, then you would go and look at the energetics and with the help of whoever, whether it's Mother Earth, sacred mountains, sacred plants, you would identify what's kind of blocking things and then you would kind of boost them up energetically so that they could reach that level of 
understanding. This is kind of how it goes. They will basically help you blossom your energetics so that you could reach new levels of understanding. So there are these differences in learning based on where your discipline has its roots. If your discipline is from the physical or conscious world, then you're going to learn in that kind of way. And you're going to use books and you're going to do essays and you're going to do all of these other kinds of methods to help you learn. But if your discipline is in the unconscious world, then you're going to learn with all of the techniques that belong to this side of reality. It is really, really cool and magical when you learn that the way that you've been seeing everything isn't the only way. So we mentioned some of the differences between our world in modern society and the world that the healer has really pioneered their their disciplines, the world of energy and the world of spirit. Um, some of those things are you can't lie over there. You can lie here, you can't lie over there. Um, learning is much faster uh, over there because uh, intellect is actually really slow. It's like slower technology compared to um telepathy, for example. And uh, we don't even use language over there. <laughs> you, you don't even need that because, uh, again, telepathy and things move faster, right? Thoughts move faster. Information moves much faster. So our world, the physical world, as you can imagine, it's, it's just bulkier. It, it has its own limitations. It goes a lot slower. Over there, it's just pew, pew, fast. Everything's moving quickly. Another thing, and I'm going to move through just some things that are different that I think is interesting. Another thing that's different is that uh, you can't buy power over there with money. It doesn't work the same way as it works here. Here, people could buy power, influence. They could buy pretty houses. They could buy uh, gold. They could buy diamonds. They could buy everything. They can make themselves into gods here if they wanted to. However, if you go over there and you try to buy your way into, you know, heavenly realms, good luck with that. That's not going to work. They're not going to be very impressed with you. Over there, uh, what is a value is your virtue, your merit, um, how well you can hold space for good things to happen. Over there, the closer you are to source, the the more uh, kind you are, the more courageous for other people you are, the stronger you are in this world, the more respect you have in this world. If, for example, you go to a heavenly realm and you see people in a temple or really nice place and there's a lot of gold, there's a lot of luxury. Um, it is for a good reason. They have earned that. This is just symbol. It's, it's, uh, it's how our mind interprets this very fine energy, very fine energy. We, uh, everyone sees it very differently. For the Kiro, uh, they see these heavenly realms as, you know, the moon and the stars and, and clouds and different things like that. Other people might see, uh, you know, columns. They might see temples. They might see what looks like heaven. Everybody experiences it differently because we are using our own little antennas, <laughs> our decoders, so that we can understand it in a way that humans would understand it. <laughs> if we saw the entire world, place, the entire uh, spirit and energetic world, the way it was, it would just look like a bunch of energy. It would be like when Neo from the Matrix was able to just see a bunch of code, right? <laughs> um, but for most people, it's, you know, it's going to be in symbols. It's going to be in in these kinds of things. That's how we interpret energy and, and spiritual 
phenomenon. So just to recap on the episode, really the number one difference between Carl Jung's work and indigenous people's disciplines and their work is really that they have roots in very different aspects of reality. Carl Jung's work and his system lies in the conscious world where intellect rules, whereas indigenous disciplines really are having their roots in the unconscious, in the spiritual and, and energetic aspects of reality. This is why indigenous people can navigate that world so well. They are able to go much deeper than the Carl Jung discipline because Carl Jung's discipline depends on whatever comes out of the unconscious and from there trying to make some sense of it. But uh, traditional indigenous healers don't have to have anything come out because they are in that world and they are able to see all of it. They have their own systems for seeing all of it, whether it is coming to conscious or not. So it is really a beautiful thing. Now, even though traditional indigenous disciplines are better positioned to navigate the unconscious side of a client's life, uh, I always tell my mental health friends that we really need each other. Why? Because even if traditional indigenous healers, for example, identify and shift a problem that, for example, could uh, alleviate addiction for a client, once that shift has been created, we need people to help that client rebuild their life, to give them the resources that they need, right? They have to reinterpret their life now from the place where they are, which was not where they were yesterday. And um, and we need that. Traditional indigenous healers do not do that. We do not uh, go and visit clients or have clients visit us every week, every two weeks, and, and so on and so forth. Indigenous healers don't provide that kind of support. It's not really what this discipline is really all about. But that's where mental health experts come in. And that's why we complement each other so well. Indigenous healers and their discipline can help with crisis in a very unique and special way. And mental health experts can really help in that rebuilding process to give clients the resources that they need, the kind of feedback that they need to begin to create their life in a brand new way. So with that, we've reached the end of today's episode. I hope this episode got you thinking, maybe things that you hadn't considered before. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Now, if you are on Instagram, go ahead and follow us. We are Traditional Medicine Miami. And we are also online. So check out traditionalmedicinemiami.com. And if you have any questions, if we can help you in any way, go ahead and reach out. We love making new friends. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I hope you're having a great night or day, wherever you may be. And I look forward to hanging out with you again soon. 